whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. Did you know there's other kinds of music besides musical theater? Neither did I. Also, we talk about cats because that's all anyone's talking about today. We joined the conversation already in progress. It, yeah. it does always happen. And yeah. it's... I hope it's not true always, though, because as someone who um, is, you know, has has turned 40 recently, I like to think that they're, you know, my best days of well, but creativity it's not, could be ahead of me. It's well, see, that's I mean, that's the hope, obviously. But it is like I think with musicians specifically, it's it's most noticeable with pop pop songwriters and yeah, musicians. Right. Because so much of what makes their music great is how it goes with where we are right now. Yes. And. You know, I mean, I think Paul McCartney is a, is a is a wonderful example because he had essentially two decades where he was one with the Beatles and one with Wings, I guess we'll say, mm. <laughs> um, and and by himself. But like the seventies, he was mainly with Wings, and uh-huh. he was Wings was with Wings. Um, but like was, you know, the obviously the sixties was the Beatles, and, and the Beatles were the Beatles. And then in the seventies, he was still operating on a very high level and having a lot of hits yeah. and doing a lot. And he had a flops too, but he would mm-hmm. he was still very much in all the way up through the end of the seventies. Mm-hmm. And we forget songs like Mull of Kintyre was like the biggest hit in the history of Britain in mm-hmm. nineteen seventy seven. So like, but then the eighties came mm-hmm. and they came for everyone yeah. <laughs> in a kind of way. Which I always <laughs> think about eighties. I think another thing like with me and pop music is like that. I, I have. 80s music to me is, is a big chasm. I like a lot of 80s music. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, I don't think that all 80s, the, the sentence I threw off once is, I don't think all 80s music is bad, but everybody who made music in the 80s made bad music at some point. <laughs> yeah, true. Every, like, at some point. There was such temptation to give in to the new technology. Yeah, it just, just feels like very meandering. It became dated. And sterile yeah. and lost, yeah. and it's just all kind of like. Superficial. Yeah, and, and so. Yeah. You know, and I I like a lot of it, but it, it is a moment, and it's the decade I was born. It's mm. where I suddenly feel like disconnected yeah. from right, I'm like dropped in, you know, yeah. it's like, and this is not, this isn't what I signed up well, for. Well, that's why I like punk music or emo sure. music or alternative music because it was yeah. saying no to that, right? right. And I, I like that. I like that sort of, I've always, you know, I got that early inside of me and I'm not a big rebel at the moment but i still have that impulse you know i still like the person who you know goes against the grain <laughs> i like that well yeah i again more admire that than like it i it, there's something about maybe it's just my own like general anxiety that like too much of that feels very unsafe oh. to me oh really and it is really huh. like yeah i never got fully into that I had so many friends mm. who were like, but it wasn't my music theater friends. I did you mm-hmm. say that. It wasn't my theater friends. It was my other set of friends in mm-hmm. high school who were punks. Okay. I mean, there were these guys who were yeah, putting I mean, out. Definitely. If you're like a real hardcore punk. Well, they were Catholic school punks. Uh-huh. I should like say we were, it, it was, it was uh, the big thing in, in my, in my high school. If you were in that scene was um, mismatched plaid all oh. the way like as much as like bright colors and it sounds mismatched like a plaids. spring awakening costume it kind of was a little bit and so like we're in because it wasn't a uniform but we had to wear you know dress pants jackets uh-huh. ties and everything and they wore the technical uniform yeah. but it was just oh, like they went to mismatch. goodwill and went nuts with it yeah and i liked that i was kind of like i was down with uh-huh. that like that was neat but um you know they had their hair as like as long as they possibly yeah. could with, yeah. and still not get in trouble okay um but 
those were the punk. These are the kids, though, that were like listening to CDs. I remember, never forget this. A friend of mine gave me a CD by this band called Plow, uh-huh. or Plow United, I think it's what it's called. And uh, it had 28 tracks, mm-hmm. and the CD was 27 and a half minutes long. Oh my gosh. And it was really, or maybe it was 29 minutes long. Whatever it was, it was just like these songs That's were, so well, funny. it's a lot like Andrew Jackson. Yeah. They were super short uh-huh. and intense, yeah. and then they were and over. And they just ended. And they just ended. Yeah. And I was just, <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, I went to a show once, just because I was very curious and I did not have a good time because mainly of the like this the 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 people around me were not my people. But I was really like they're playing these songs and they would play them and then they'd stop like the song would end because it always ends on a crash mm-hmm. and then everybody would cheer mm-hmm. and I'd be like, why don't you just play it from top to why are you stopping? <laughs> but like I really did feel like like there's a like you're right, you're moving right, along like why yeah. pretend that you yeah. have, have all these different songs? You really have pieces of songs, uh-huh. so let's just string them all together and like see what happens. Yeah, and it's not the scene huh. that I obviously don't belong. Right. <laughs> So so the reason that I have the utmost respect for artists that make that kind of music is that it spoke to me. Um, you know, I grew up in the most homogenous Ohio town. It was like We're in Ohio. Uh, a suburb of Cleveland. Okay. So like, you know, the TV show Glee? I do. That was basically that was your... me. Nice. Yeah. Like that was my high school where, right. you know, anyone who wasn't a football player got sh- sho- shoved in the locker um, and sort of being exposed to this kind of music, both musical theater and alternative music, you know, in the late 80s or Mm -hmm. 90s, showed me that it's okay to be different. It Mm -hmm. really is okay. And I probably wouldn't be, I'd probably still be in Ohio, you know, if Mm -hmm. I hadn't had somebody giving me a bigger picture saying, also books, Jack Jack Kerouac. Yeah. Oh, okay. He came into my life at just the right time. I was like, I can leave Ohio. Those things go hand in hand. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all sort of the... Mm -hmm you know, anti-establishment thing. Sure. So I have a, I have a soft spot in my heart for any anti-establishment artist. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Cause That's they, they got me out of Ohio. Great. Yes. That works. I don't, yeah, it's funny. You, you, I never thought about it till you said it, but like that I, I wouldn't consider myself an establishment person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also wouldn't consider myself to be hmm. anti-establishment. Yeah. It, it's sort of like, and maybe it's because I think about things too much and maybe it's a lot, it's a lot more like I'm so much more pensive and, uh, you know, prone to like Hamlet levels of inaction. Mm. So it, it, it is that it, it more it, like in just sort of sitting quietly mm. thinking about mm-hmm. things for mm-hmm. forever and ever. Um, that doesn't, that whole scene doesn't mm-hmm. really attract me. Yeah. But the other side doesn't attract me either. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, I'm not. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I was definitely not the kid. I was much more of an annoying rebel, probably to my parents, uh-huh. for my just anything that didn't interest me, I didn't participate in, okay. and you couldn't, you couldn't make me. It uh-huh. was really, really, really weird. Now, kind of looking back on it, I yeah. must have been super frustrating to, yeah. to, to parent. Um, because if I didn't care, I didn't care. And you couldn't make me. And you couldn't make me understand. Like, I remember my mom saying something to me once about, like, the PSATs and being like, well, then you won't be a National Merit Scholar if you don't do it. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, and I, I, was, I, was, I was in that, those classes. Mm-hmm. I did not get great grades, but I was mm-hmm. always in those classes. And I remember I said, like, so what? Mm-hmm. And the look on her face was yeah. just a, it was a thing of, like, I don't know how to respond to that. I don't. Yeah. What do you mean? So what? Like yeah. what? Do you, and it was that moment where she suddenly realized, like, we're having two very different conversations right, right now. Yeah. And you know, I didn't understand what the big deal was. I kind of still don't. Those those sorts of things. Like if I, but I, but I, at the same time, like there was stuff that I cared absolutely passionately mm. about that that 
they they didn't have as much yeah. interest in either. So yeah, it was more of that sort of passive rebellion, I guess, than the sort of overt kind of like the more the, the kid at the back of the, the back of the church questioning everything that's uh, happening in a polite and respectful way. Yeah. But I'm gonna keep asking this question until sure. you answer it. Sure. So like and Everybody likes your, me right up until the moment that they die. What don't. was your musical soundtrack at that time in your life? It was the Beatles for all of high school. Okay. Um, pretty contemporary stuff that I liked in the. I love Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big day for me when mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain died. Mm-hmm. I liked Oasis, mm-hmm. which I've recently been listening to again. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually got more into. I think I've said this before, but I got into bands. So like I'd find a band that I really liked and I would gobble up literally everything they'd produced. Okay. So it was a lot easier. And that's what I liked doing. So it was a lot easier to do 60s and 70s music mm-hmm. because they were done recording. Sure. Like So like I would get into an artist, I'd buy their entire right. album. Yeah. I'd devour them and yeah. then I'd move on to the yeah. next one. And keeping up with like what Current. was going on yeah. wasn't really as it's interesting harder. to me. Uh-huh. Um, but like I, I did really like Oasis and uh, mm. I, I just liked listening to the radio. Mm-hmm. I would make mixtapes off the radio. Okay. That was a so big thing that I did. So what about musical theater? Musical theater was kind of in the same. I see what you're doing, Nicole. Uh, <laughs> I'm just curious that's how right. you got that's into good. it. I, I got into it because I got into the people who mm. were into it. Where it was like I was going down the community theater when I was 12. Mm-hmm. My mom took me down there. Um a decision she may have regretted later by the mm. amount of time I ended up spending down there. <laughs> um, but like I wanted to do theater and she sort of said, well, if you're going to do it, like let's do it. And mm. went down and I started doing community theater and I met these people and they just started, they were talking about yeah. shows. Like it was just mm-hmm. what they were talking about and they were handing me tapes and they were sending me off. And mm-hmm. I got, I got into the deep end really. I mean, I was a kid who showed up with like Godspell under one arm yeah, and like that was pretty much it. And then left with like, um, assassins and uh chess and, yeah. and rent and like all yeah. the like rent later but like all these shows like people in the apple tree like these people uh, just throwing these things yeah. at me and i was just like this is really good like mm-hmm. this is this, i like this kind of music and i like this stuff and then i found sondheim and i was i was and that was the thing again and then i devoured everything yeah. he wrote and by yeah. the time i found sondheim it was the 90s and he uh-huh. had a body of work yeah behind okay. him that okay. i could go so you find. I, I feel like as a child, my mother basically raised me on Andrew Lloyd Webber. Okay. And I like all my religious trainings through Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like that's literally all I know. Wow. All <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Much to my I should say secret. I did grow up at a theater. Like we went to shows. We My parents liked okay. theater. We had Les Mis yeah. in the house. Okay. We had like okay. they knew of we'd yeah. go to the Playhouse in Wilmington or the Grand Opera House or the Forest in Philly. And uh-huh. like we'd go see stuff. Okay. So it wasn't like yeah. A total, yeah. totally outside of my experience. Right, but okay. it was like I was, okay. I was the one who was deeper into it than yeah, anybody else. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But anyway, but I so feel you're like, raised on Andrew Lloyd so Webber. So Andrew Lloyd Webber was what sort of spoke to me as a child. Okay. But then when I got a little bit older, I could appreciate Sondheim. Mm-hmm. I think as a kid, I would hear Sondheim like um, Sunday in the Park with George was mm-hmm. you know on all the time in my house, um, and I really liked that, but. I couldn't appreciate some of Son- some of Sondheim's more um, cerebral, esoteric sure. works until I was older. Like now, I love Sweeney Todd, but mm-hmm. as a kid, I think I would have been like, "What? This is weird." <laughs> yeah. I liked the weird. Maybe that's also too. Is like I, I may not have been anti-establishment rebel. I liked weird stuff. You did. Yeah. I liked things yeah. that were weird yeah, and I, things see, that I think were that's pretty sophisticated, disruptive, as a kid to... and and uh, it. It might have been because. One of the reasons it may have been was because my dad raised me on Marx Brothers movies, oh. which at the time I didn't quite realize how subversive and mm. irreverent 
they were, mm-hmm. but that sort of like non sequitur line of thinking and yep. things kind of going left when you least expect mm-hmm. it. I really, I had an eye for that very yeah. early. Yeah. And so like I found Python very early uh-huh. and I found that kind of like, it was more in the comedy world that I kind of came sideways okay. into theater and then into musicals. Um, so I've always enjoyed things that mm-hmm. were odd and I've always treated them like a puzzle mm-hmm. being like, okay, well some, they meant something like what's happening here. Let's figure right. this, let's figure this sort of thing out. And I did, I still do. I mean, I like Andrew Lloyd Webber obviously and, and all that. So but... I have um, a theory about cats. Okay. And this is to bring this conversation back to the political sphere. Sure. Ooh, okay. Interesting. And this could be completely off base, uh-huh. but my feeling about cats is that it was the perfect musical for the 1980s. Yeah. It was like the perfect Reagan Thatcher era musical where yuppies were reigning. Everyone was like pop music was superficial. Everyone just kind of we were in a good place. You know, there were no wars going on and everyone just wanted light entertainment. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was. It was the perfect light entertainment. And it was something we'd never seen before. So people were flocking to it. So it was like. You know, in the 80s, you had, if you were anybody, you had to go see Cats, mm-hmm. you know, it was uh, the thing to do. And nowadays, we're in such a different place. Mm-hmm. The mindset of the world is, you know, there's so much going on that we're trying to process that who has time to watch Dancing Cats? You know, <laughs> like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Cats was the first musical I saw on Broadway. Okay. As a kid. Um, and I loved it. And I have memories of laying in the back seat of my parents' car listening to Cats over and over. I have the mm-hmm. whole thing memorized. So I was so excited when it came back to Broadway and I could take my kids. Sure. I took my kids. We got discount tickets the last minute. We were up in the balcony. There were was no one around us. We were literally oh, wow. like the only people there. They were so bored. They could, and my kids love theater. Mm-hmm. My kids, I took them to Les Miserables when it came here to the National Theater. They were mesmerized. They were, they were asking me questions about, you know, French history. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought Cats was the dumbest thing. Yeah. And I, I mean, they're, they're kids, so I don't know why. Like, but they're, I, I, I strain against the phrase short attention span. Yeah. Because what it, actually is to me is a representation that you and i are better Mm -hmm. at absorbing media than our parents were Mm -hmm. and our kids Mm -hmm. are exponentially better at absorbing media Mm -hmm. than we were because we are exposed to it much earlier Mm -hmm. and on a continue it's everywhere Mm -hmm. it is literally everywhere and you can have all the screen time limitations you want on your children and we do in this house it doesn't matter they're consuming media and i mean that both in live performance books and and tv shows whatever it is video you know Mm -hmm. youtube videos that my kids watch before they go to bed it is this that's it's all around them and it's more sophisticated Mm -hmm. than the media we were viewing. And so they are innately better at understanding Mm -hmm. and grasping. And I think they are looking to be challenged differently than we are. And I think when you sit a kid down in the theater, Mm -hmm. specifically in, in, even in a movie theater, Mm -hmm. they, and, and force them to Mm -hmm. focus that energy on Mm -hmm. one thing. Mm -hmm. It had better be, stimulating on some level right. so like Les Mis is a spectacle mm-hmm. it's got a score to it but it also has characters to grab mm-hmm. onto it has stuff going mm-hmm. on it's got interesting moral you know there's stuff to yeah. think about while yeah. it's happening as I said before and I'll say again cats is nothing <laughs> and so like 
you have to do it in a certain way to make yeah. it interesting yeah. for a contemporary child uh-huh. audience. And I think that I don't think all kids will respond to it the uh-huh. same way your kids uh-huh. do. But I think that reaction is a lot more typical sure. than it would have been, oh, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah. It, it would have been like looking back on it and going mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, I've never seen anything like right. this. They've seen stuff like this. Right. All the time, yeah, you know what I mean? It's right, like playing, right. and, it, and to equate it back to what we were talking about, pop music, I mean, it's a lot like playing somebody the Beatles. I mean, mm-hmm. like, isn't that amazing? Be like, mm-hmm. I hear that everywhere yeah, I go. Sure. And what's amazing about it is that before that, it there wasn't. Yeah. This was the beginning. Right. That, But right. it's so hard to make people understand, like, yeah. no, before this guy did it, nobody right. did it. And they're yeah. like, yeah, but no, everybody's doing yeah, it. And it's yeah. like, uh, not everyone's going to appreciate uh, the fact that, like, oh, I hear it. Like, that's yeah. that's neat and interesting. Uh, thank you. You so, just solved a mystery There we me. go. I've been wondering, like, why do my kids hate cats so much? Yeah. I well, it it's also very hateable. I mean, yeah, that's... Yeah, it, is, it, is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. very hateable. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on all platforms at UnknownPenguin. Enjoying yourself? Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and tell the world. You can also find the original cast on Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, and wherever fine podcasts are available. My thanks to Nicole Hertvik for talking with me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. (laughs) 